0: Welcome back to Mishnayomi. Today we're continuing to learn to coming near the end. Perek Tezov Tezain, excuse me, Mishnah Dalit and Mishnah Hay. We are in the middle of discussing the idea that in order for someone to have been declared deceased, we need to have certain identifying features. Moreover, what about using circumstantial evidence, such as our Mishnah, a person falls into a body of water? At what point can we assume if they have not emerged, they are now deceased? Not full the mind a person falls into water. So the first position of our Mishnah is, and this is a term you made of heard before if you ever follow the cases of Agunas in these sort of cases, is a, a body of water, Sheinlehem soap or Sheeshlem soap. And the difference is Sheinlem soap is there is no uh, visible borders, there's no visible shores, such as the an ocean, versus my Sheish soap is a lake. A lake, you can see all the shores and the difference is going to be well, at least at first glance you'd assume if you can see the uh, the all the shores all the, di- the the boundaries of the water so uh, let's say you see a person fall in the water and they don't emerge after enough time you can assume they have uh, unfortunately drowned however if there is no shores in sight as in you can't see the whole body of water at once so you can uh, you can't you can't assume the person drowned maybe they swam underwater or got pulled underwater by some sort of current and emerged on the other side and now they're healthy and alive so in order to matir and Agun to allow this woman to remarry, you have to have certainty that her husband is dead. Although, as we know, there are certain leniencies which we began with and will continue with in the next mishnah to determine to allow us to rely on certain leniencies because we don't want her to be chained. Okay, so the first position of the Mishnah is whether there is a visible shore or there's not. We can assume Astura, We have to assume that somehow the person uh, emerged out of the water and you just missed them um of um, um, Mayor That happened once. A person fell into a large pit of water. But After three days, they they came out. Meaning to say, this, they they were probably treading water to some extent, or were able to hold on to some sort of uh, some sort of flotation device. And it was only and it was only after three days that they came out. Everyone assumed they were dead. It's been three days. But the point being, says the mayor, I'm substantiating what we said is whether there is a sov or a low sov. We can't assume the person's dead unless uh, unless we see that they actually drown. Amr um, disagrees, and this is the way we're going to posk. There was once a blind man who went to immerse himself in the pool, and Amara is like a, a pool a, a pool of water in a cave where it's clearly visible all the shores. and his guide went after him. let's say and they both stayed below the water enough that they could no longer it's no longer viable. They survived. The sages allowed their wives to remarry. They said, clearly, the person falls into uh, a body of water where you can see the shores. So if they don't emerge, then they're, th- th- then they're deceased. There's another incident in Usyah. A person was lowered into the sea. When they then they, they, they pulled up the rope that he was tied to, all, came, all that came up was his leg. Amrachamim, if the leg was cut off above the knee, the wife can remarry because we can't, well, assume that a person cannot survive with an uh, amputated leg above the knee so long, for so long. If the leg was cut off below the knee, so she's not allowed to remarry because it's possible he survived with that wound and now he uh, swam off and ended up somewhere else. Okay, Hayes is going, now going to discuss various leniencies we grant this woman in order to allow her to remarry, again, keeping in mind that if she makes a mistake and, and, and he is alive, the consequences are so grave that she's going to be extra punctilious and to really dot all her I's and cross all her T's to ensure that he, the person's really dead. Okay, so n- normally, to stand it is you need two witnesses to say a person's dead, however, feel Even if a person heard women saying, they're just talking to each other, they say, oh, dear, so-and-so died. Died, that's enough evidence to testify that a man is dead. Whoa. People are in the playground. They hear one kid turn to the other. Uh, we have to go home because they're going to do, uh, give it a eulogy. They're going to bury so-and-so. That's enough as well to uh, to to, uh, to for a person to say, "Oh, I heard children saying this." The person must be dead. Beincha misgaven, beincha in misgaven. Means to say we accept the testimony of someone's dead, whether they intended to, to use their words to serve as testimony or in the salef v'tumah. They're just talking in conversation. They mention, "Oh, did you hear what happened last week? Oh, well, what happened? So and so died." So Reh- ben Bamb actually says it we differentiate between a Jew and an idolater. A Jew, whether they had intention or did not have intention, will to testify the person is dead or to mention the person's dead, we believe them. Whereas in idolatry, we have to be concerned that maybe they're lying, maybe they're they're trying to brag. Oh, you know, I killed so-and-so, or I, they're, they're, that sometimes that can come up, so only if it's Mesiyah Hvitumah. They need to say that in the course of conversation, they happen to mention it, and it wasn't that they were trying they're clearly not trying to lie, rather they're just, they happen to mention, oh, no, I don't know, I went to the the uh, mechanic shop, and I, I noticed that the uh, John was dead, uh, so I had to go somewhere else. Mesiyah is just in the course of regular, regular conversation, incidental to the conversation, so then we believe them. Okay, I wish you all a wonderful day.